0: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Well, welcome everyone to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. Um... My name isn't Terence Ford of fame. My name's Albert. Uh, I'm joined with, by Sam Heskiff here, and crucially not Terence. No. Um, no, who's struggling with childcare issues. Uh, I think he's upset his daughter. Uh, so me and Heskiff have been put in the hot seat uh, just to do it ourselves, which listen, ultimately is what we want to do every week, isn't it?
3: It is. It's It's um, very serendipitous that his young daughter, I believe, has teething issues, which is something that yeah. we're probably going to say that we have on this pod when it all goes horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, well, we're um, definitely going to have teething teething issues because not only are we with a preview pod, but we're actually reviewing a game, and then we have to preview uh, the next game. And it's only for the fact that I've got Terry's notes in front of me that I'm not going to have to say the words, who are we playing at the weekend? Because Terry's said we're playing Burnley. So this will all be fine. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I think at this point, Terry normally presses a button and there's the beer check jingle. Do you want to do that? Do you want to do the jingle? No. Don't Verbatim. But Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've got the choice of two. You could do the one from Training Day, do your best Denzel Washington impression. Or there's cool. the other one where it slags off Heineken. Um, oh, but we'll skip past that. Beer yep. check. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: what what fruity delight do you reckon Terence would have had were he not otherwise engaged?
2: I reckon he's, he's supping on a... Can of toddlers tears at the moment. <laughs> salty. Uh salty tears, yeah. Um no, I don't know. I god God knows what, I mean he, he was he was quite juiced up when I met him yesterday outside Vicarage Road. He very kindly waited outside for me whilst we missed kickoff. Uh, so I don't know yeah. what he'd been on I don't know what he'd been on yesterday, but he was very vocal about a terrible chicken burger that he'd had in the Weather Spoons.
3: Yeah, he um we we met him in the Wetherspoons primarily so mm. I could give him your ticket. He didn't moan about the beer. He was moaning about the chicken burger, but then you're eating a chicken burger in Wetherspoons. So I'm not 100% sure what he wanted. Um, but he didn't moan about the beer. I reckon he was probably on a pint of Heineken.
2: Probably. A man he after just, my own
3: he, heart. He just didn't want to admit it because he knows the abuse that he'd get.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, are you have you got a beer at the moment?
3: Um, alas, uh, I don't. I've got I did have a red stripe as per usual. Um, yeah, same one, but now I've got a pint of water as per usual. Yeah,
2: I've not even got that. I, I, I didn't, I haven't had a beer. I did have a pint of water, but now that's empty. So this is probably the work. Terrence is gonna be fucking turning his grave here. This is the worst well, beer check in the history of beer checks.
3: I, I've just looked up, uh, tiny rebels website to see what sort of beer terry drinks and there's one called lazy boy which seems quite apt for him because well there you go we have we have no proof of said teething we've just been thrown in at the deep end and to, to give everyone a full picture of what albert and i are seeing um terry's camera is on uh it's a plastic white chair with a very dubious looking brown Potentially cushion, potentially Stain. mistake. Yeah. Um, uh So he could possibly be a lazy boy. Which he's also said that
2: him. if it, he's also said if if um, if it all settles down in Shea Ford, he might still join us. Which you know, if this was live, this would be really exciting. But it ain't, <laughs> so it's probably not. It's exciting for us in the moment, listeners. Um, but yeah. Uh so yeah I guess we need to talk about um the narrow, the narrow victory over over Roy's Hornets last night.
3: What well, t- if I could channel Terence for a quick second uh in a wonderful segue that he's always so professional at laying out. Uh, Palace actually announced the beer festival is coming back today.
2: Oh that is a good segue. See uh, he he does make it look easy doesn't he? We slag he him does. off.
3: He does. Um the problem that people seem to have is that the beer festivals have been announced for FA Cup final day. What? Which makes makes us think that Palace don't think we're getting to the final, which is... Unless they haven't heard the song that we sing about Pat Vieira, we're, we're actually on our way to Wembley. And I'm going to pretend that Wembley
2: isn't used for the semi-finals, because that ruins it. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I but think... What, what time is the... Because the FA Cup final sometimes are like a really shit 5.30... Annoying kickoff time. So maybe, maybe they're doing the ultimate day out. We go to Sellers Park for the beer festival, get tanked up, and then go to Wembley. Could
3: you imagine everyone at the beer festival piling onto one of the official coaches or many official coaches and being? No,
2: no, no. I can't imagine everybody trying to pile onto one of the coaches, although I would like to see that hanging off the roof. It'll be like the, the
3: inverse of when Czech was on the bus when Senegal were going through with the AFCON trophy. And everyone's <laughs> wobbling the bus. It's going to be everyone on the inside wobbling the bus. I think this time. Um, yeah. Uh, so one thing they have done the beer festival though it was ten quid to get in before, wasn't it? But now it's fifteen pounds. Wow. Well, what
2: was it? Two years? Two years since we've had one. Yeah. It's yeah, inflation. It's, in of inflation. it's very, very inflated.
3: Very inflated. Uh, you still Do get, you get to palace. keep a glass. You do. I'm drinking out of a, one of our old ones at the moment. Yeah. Will there be um, Heineken there? That's the,
2: the, the age-old question. Well, this, is
3: the, this is the problem, isn't it? It doesn't suit you and I. There's no Red Not Stripe. At all. There's no Heineken. So no. I don't know what we're supposed to do.
2: No. It's like things like Cheese Monkey and it stuff is.
3: like that. I, I just end up going for whatever fruity cider they have and then about three pints in, not only being pissed because I realise that all the ciders are like twelve percent, but then realising that I've basically just drunk like syrup for the last yeah. two or three hours, and then feel like I want to be sick.
2: My taste buds are always shot when I go in there anyway because I've had a tasty jerk. So you might I might as well be might as well be drinking Heineken because you know <laughs> that's takes takes the top layer off your tongue. But that's good. But yeah, a bit worrying that it's on FA Cup final day. But I guess that's something we'll have to have to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, not not saying that I think we're going out to Stoke anyway, but we'll cross that bridge when save we come to it. I suppose
2: save that for save that for the Stoke preview pod at least. Don't yeah, don't go don't go all in on the neg the, the negativity. <laughs>
3: five minutes into this one, um, before we've
2: even reviewed reviewed the the positive game that we have had recently,
3: and it was positive. It first of all, you, Terence, and I were all uh, at the game together, even with though we we photographed together, and you and I spoke maybe ten words total. Yeah, uh, to each other. But we don't, we've got we've got that like subconscious bond.
2: Yeah, word, eight eight, bond? eight of those words were us just saying "get in" after each yeah. goal. Yeah, hello, um, hello, 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 get in, Four, get, get in, and then a see you later, at the end, and then bye at the end. Um, you, which you is all I needed.
3: Course. It is.
2: I was going to say you had the short straw and were stood
3: next to Terence for the game. I was a little bit further down the line. Um, yes,
2: Terence was. Um, I mean, I know he was a few sheets to the wind, but I, I, I you know, what, I should have written them down. He was saying some terrible things. Some, what did he say? He said he, he tried. He tried to make a terrible pun about uh, Jack Butland, and. I mean, it's. I know we were outside, but it proper stank up the place. And <laughs> if Terence has got any decency, he will remember and at least tweet what he said about Jack Butland. It wasn't offensive. It was just a really, really bad pun. And Nick Gusset, Nick, Nick Gusset would have hung his head in shame. The ultimate burn that is, I think. If Nick Gusset yeah. doesn't
3: think a pun's good, then we're really in She's trouble.
2: Shite. So, how did you feel about going into the game? I mean, I I didn't even see the team. I was in such a rush to get there. I didn't even know what the team lineup was until I was literally going through the turnstile. And by that point, the team was on the pitch and it had kicked off. <laughs> um, I was pretty nervous for the game to be
3: honest because we'd sort of done the. We've had a couple of good performances mixed in with one average one, like Norwich and Chelsea, were good performances. Brentford wasn't. And I was just hoping we'd sort of get on the front foot a bit to start with because I think Watford had sort of tightened up a little bit at the back in the last few games and they beat Villa away, didn't they? Which is quite a good result. Um, so I was a bit nervous, but I thought the team was the right one. It was good to have a, a striker back up up front um, and Wilf out on the wing because Wilf t- quite likes playing Watford, doesn't he? So that was all right. And I was quite happy to see... Um, Mark Gay given the captain's armband as well. Um I think a lot of us have talked about he he sort of just seems like a natural leader anyway. So it, it, I don't think it was too much of a decision for Vieira to give him the armband but um he had another good performance so yeah that was that was good and we started off alright so that settled my nerves a little bit. What how did you feel about beforehand?
2: Yeah, like I say, I sort of I, I was I was learning on the job. I said I hadn't seen the team. It was only when we got in that, that, that Terence was um, was running me through it. And you know it was, you know, same back four. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a drastically different team. I mean, I was more surprised at the team that got put out against Chelsea. Um, so yeah, I I thought I raised a bit of an eyebrow that Matera Matera had started considering neither you know Benteke or Edward really got a look in. In the previous game, to see Mateta come in was, um, you know, I, I, well, didn't, didn't not like it, but I thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange. I thought I thought Edward might have been sort of being all Benteke might have been being sort of saved for Watford, but mm-hmm. it turns out that wasn't the case. But yeah, I mean, from the first, I say I was going to say from the first minute, I wasn't actually there for the first minute <laughs> <laughs> from the from the first minute that I saw. You know, we were definitely. Trying to be on the front foot, very positive. Elise very, very quickly. Or, oh, yeah, almost. Or not focal point. He wasn't playing up front; he was out wide. But almost ev- everything where possible was trying to go through Elise. And I mean, very early on, he had that fallback on toast. Yeah, and he really did. His touch it just gets it just gets better and better every game. You know, there's there's these balls pinging across to him at a rate of knots, and he just somehow manages to. Kill it, put it out in front of him, and then you know, and then he's on his way. It's, it was so refreshing, but yeah, I, I thought that, I thought the team lineup was positive, and uh, I thought we got off to a good start.
3: Yeah, we we did, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying about Elise's touch. It's, I mean, some of the, some of the passes that were coming to him how he's able to not only sort of control it, but also move off straight away afterwards. You know, like it's almost one motion. Um It's unbelievable. And it, it, his touch is sort of the opposite of Mateta's, where Mateta is all arms and legs. And seems to have a, like a weird propensity for nutmegging opposition players, Mateta. Like that seems <laughs> to be like, his, close, his close control in those sort of situations, when I, I feel like he sort of doesn't, have to think about is instinctual, is is good. But, you know, we had the chance when he was clear through on goal and at no point, at no point did I think he was going to score. And he sort of tripped over <laughs> a bit and I was like, like I can't quite like Mateta, uh, but when he sort of tripped over and stumbled a bit, I was just sort of like,
2: that's exactly, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Um, I think what I noticed, what I noticed about Mateta yesterday is that he... It's a bit like that thing where he's he's got very little acceleration, but if you give him thirty yards, he does actually build up quite ahead of steam, and he's actually quite pacey. But then he very quickly tips over into that that sort of physicality where you're running so hard that you're almost falling over. Do you know what I mean? You ever done that? Yeah, like you're running. You, you get done <laughs> by your own momentum. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's top heavy. So the momentum's taking him forward. So when he's like if in in a in a scenario where yeah he's he's through on goal and he's and he's very gradually building up to that sort of fifth gear, you're like it's only a matter of time before he's going over. <laughs> yeah.
3: The, the the two stages of him in the box are goal or fall over.
2: <laughs> or or clumsy.
3: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But then um, yeah, I mean if you if you look at the goal that he scored, obviously it took a massive deflection. But I, I don't like if 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 that's Ben Teke in the box there, I don't think he spins and smacks it first time. I think he sort of will try and set himself up for an easier shot. So I think yeah. it is good to have Mateo. Like he is instinctual, and you know, like his goal at home against Norwich, where he just hit it first time, and you're like, he, just swept it in. Yeah, his his head his his mindset is like just have a shot. Um, and it did take a big deflection, but you know, if he if you're not taking those shots, you don't get that that sort of luck. And it meant that we got to see another corner flag get kicked, which is always pretty fun. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and and you know, yeah, it, it took a big deflection. But I think up until that point, we'd definitely been the dominant team. Um, you know, hadn't had a huge amount of clear-cut chances before that point. But, you know, we were we were getting into the vital areas and putting the crosses in. Um, you know, and so I, thought, I, don't, I don't think anybody could deny that we were, you know, we were worthy of the 1-0 lead. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't last very long. And uh, it was kind of the same odd story from set pieces, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, the, the more you look back on our defending for that corner, the more annoying it is. Because I mean, was there any defending? I, well, that's the thing. i I'm, <laughs> apparently I, I'm under the impression from the commentary watching it back that Sissoko hadn't scored for ages, which is obviously nailed on for him to score against us.
2: Standard um, fare.
3: But I, he's he's quite a big big lad I, I just sort of think he's definitely one to keep an eye on in in the box and Connor Gallagher for whatever reason seemed to be marking him in theory and then when the ball came in you know it wasn't cleared at the near post which Ben Teke is very good at um, So yeah. play maybe maybe that could happen but also Gallagher just didn't jump you know, I'm not saying he would have jumped high and off and put him off, but it, it you know, it might have put m off his stride or he might have misheaded it. Because um, I saw a few people saying oh Butland should have punched it. But you can see he's clearly trying, there's a bloke in front of him, and if Sosoko's six yards out and has a pretty much a free header, I mean I I'm pretty sure I could have scored that. And I always close my eyes when I hit the ball. So that's <laughs> <laughs> um so well, I close my eyes when everybody
2: else heads the ball as well. <laughs> yeah. Just hope for the best. Just hope for
0: um, the best, but mate.
3: It was it's just kind of disappointing that we'd sort of gotten over our set piece nonsense. And then, you know, two minutes after we'd scored, we were back we were back to it. And it's just frustrating because like you say, we'd been the better team, and then almost instantly it didn't really matter because they were back into it. But.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I feel I feel I have to use Terence's stat that he's very kindly left in his notes that we are now back ahead. Back, I say, are we ahead of Leicester? Is the worst? Yeah, that does make sense. We're we're below Leicester as as having conceded the most from set pieces, um, which isn't you know we've always we've never been great. At it. I mean, we obviously a little bit better under Roy, but even towards the end of Roy's tenure, you know, fucking set pieces were flying in left, right and centre. So it, again, it's still something that needs to be addressed and maybe a better team might've exploited it more, but you know, Watford's I'm sort of skipping forward a, a bit too much, but Watford's best chances weren't actually from set pieces, were they? You know, the, was it Den- Dennis up front had a couple of guilt edge chances that he should have put in, but um, listen, we'll come back, we'll come back to that later. I think the thing that, um, the thing that I found galling was that you know uh, we also rarely scored from corners under, under Roy, <laughs> yeah. and uh, little, little little do we know that you know face Roy, a, Roy, a Roy team and a and a quite tragically out of form Watford team in general, but yeah the, f- the first sniff they get from a set piece and uh, yeah they nod it in so you know it's nice to know that Roy's actually got it in him to to make those count bless him
3: yeah. But, you know, obviously we, we didn't let it get to us. That, I think that was the one thing I was a bit worried about where they scored straight away. I didn't want us to then have everything completely undone and we just sort of go into our show and lose our way. Um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have tons and tons of chances, but we definitely looked a lot better on the ball. Wilf looked very good, I thought, in the first half. A lot more assured and, you know, obviously we'll come on to him in a bit, but Again, having him and Elise on the wings, both playing well, both looking good with the ball, it is such a it's such a help to the team because you're not having to just go to the one guy and hoping for the best. Um, and it, it, you know it was born out in in the second goal. So the first goal came down Elise's side, Elise and Gallagher getting the ball into the box. Um, and then that our second goal came from the other side. Um. Nice bit of play from Wilf to start with to get the ball to, to tie. His first cross bouncing off Will Hughes' head. It was a very unorthodox one-two, but I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> and then the, the cross that Mitchell put in was hit. It was arrowed. I mean, it was an unbelievable cross. The technique on it was unbelievable. And just when you think that's the best bit of it, Conor Gallagher draws the one of the best bits of control I uh, I can remember ever seeing where he sort of kills the ball dead, but puts it to, to to the side of him, completely takes the defender out and then rifles it top corner. Um, in a sort of finish that we're used to him scoring now. I mean, I, I think Terence said to me at half time, he, he said, you, you just, you knew it was in. You know, you said to him, as soon as he got that ball controlled, you knew it was a goal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that was, there was a going back to the Mitchell cross, there was a couple of, I think it was before that, there was a couple of really good t- uh, crosses in from Mitchell. I, there was one of them that he sort of hit first time, just sort of really gently cushioned it in. And uh, I think it was clear at the near post. And, and Mateta probably should have anticipated it a bit more and, and sort of chucked his head at it um, without falling over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what, what a goal. And I mean... I think Watford had Watford had a bit of a spell after their equalizer and you know it clearly sort of pepped them up a little bit and now I'm not going to I'm not going to say we we're on the back foot but they definitely had a lot more of the ball in our half and but you know we were resilient and I think yeah you know going back to the Elise one side Zaha the other side particularly when you've got I mean Anderson's passing yesterday was was pretty exquisite sort of for 85% of his his long balls that he put over you know, found, either found Elise or Zaha or found space for them to run into. You know, there was a, a few wayward ones, which you sort of, you're going to get, but, you know, not doing him a disservice, but you think you think back to when it was, you know, Damien Delaney's at centre-half, you know, Damien Delaney famous for sort of the hopeful 70-yard, very floaty diagonal in the, you know, hitting it in hope that Wilf's going to get on the end of it. But, you know, now what's, what I noticed yesterday particularly is that you know Anderson's got the ball and he's you know he, he looks to his left and sees if Wilf's available and if it's you know if there's if if they're sort of bunching up on Wilf he, he instantly shifts the ball to the other side and he looks and again nine times out of ten Alisa's in more space and he's just, he's just got that that technique and that that speed of of thought just to ping it and um it's such it's such a valuable weapon and like you say having having those options on either wing you know it does it does make us a threat it's really it's really nice to see that. It's not just right. Where's Wilf? Let's give the ball to Wilf. You know, I think that was really apparent yesterday that there's options there, and it's you know it it makes us a much better team um, when we when we need to go long for want of a better term.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think with Anderson, the passes that he didn't make weirdly were the ones that were sort of the easier passes. You know, like that he sort of underhit a couple, or like tried to overdo it after that and and overhit a couple, not to couple out, but. His long passing is, yeah, really good. And you're not going to get 100% success rate. Um, and there was a couple, I think, where maybe he thought a run was going to be made and it wasn't. But when he does ping them and they and they reach their target, which happens more often than you would imagine it would, it does make such a difference. And I think Gay is capable as well. He doesn't try it quite as much. And he tends to be more of a running forward with the ball. But he's hit a few uh, sort of like cross field passes like that. And, you know, if you can couple that with, again, another brilliant defensive performance from Gay, I thought. Um, yeah. There was a couple of times in the first half, and I think Mitchell had a very good game. There was a couple of times where the ball got sort of over the top of him and he got a bit burnt for pace because Saar is so quick. But Gay just, you know, tidied it up, you know, there was no real trouble, so I didn't get the ball in any real danger area because Gay was covering so well and and didn't just punt the ball out, but sort of stops and thinks about it, gets a move going. And, it, you know, I think because we're playing a, a Roy team last night, it the way that we bring the ball out and the way we play football is so different to what we were used to over the last couple of years. You know, when yeah. you're playing against a team... Defending in a way that we know Roy likes to defend, it does, it it does make you appreciate what a job Vieira is doing, even though some of the results aren't quite as good as as they should be, or we'd hope them to be. Um, and I think having ball playing defenders like Gaye and and Anderson really, really help that.
2: And yeah, completely.
3: You know, I think Ty going back to Mitchell. He just looks better every game. Going forward, he's a lot more confident. He did have one, one, one bit of the game where he was sort of the furthest man forward and he was running into the box almost reluctantly and had a shot that <laughs> sort of spiralled over the bar. But, you know, in terms of getting forward, supporting the wingers and getting crosses in, he's been so good. And I'm really, really glad that Connor scored off of that amazing cross because every part of that goal was just just brilliant. And- it was peachy. It was, and we were able to sort of see out the rest of the half. What I didn't want was to give away another bloody corner in injury time, just for half time, and concede. Um, but going in at at half time, two and up, were you were you confident? Do you think that we we were in control at that point?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I mean, you you've said it there the 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 natural. The natural sort of nervousness about set pieces and corners is always, you know, as they as we saw with their first and only goal. You know, they had they had one one sniff of a corner, and, and you know, and they're back and they're back in the game, and that's and that's a weakness that we're all aware of, and you know, we, we we have to do something about it. You know, I'm not I'm not expecting every minor issue to be ironed out now or this season. You know, it's a, it isn't. You know, it feels stating the obvious, but it's a new manager. It's a significant. A number of new players and the existing players are having to adapt to the to what is what isn't Roy Roy Hodgson style football good or bad you know it's different and mm-hmm. you know we're not going to be we're not going to be winning every game and but the the style and the the personnel it's there to see and like, yeah listen Watford are, are in are in dire straits but we were miles better than them yesterday, and and, and you know I know uh, Roy controversially thinks four one flattered us, but you know p- apart from the couple of half chances or well one very decent chance that I, I I was expecting them to score in the second half, you know they didn't they didn't really trouble us too much, um, and we look very we look very comfortable, and I'm I'm starting to develop very strong feelings for Mark Gay in particular. I mean he's it's just in, he's just incredible. I mean, it, I, in fact I. have reminiscing to the league cup game which is you know that was like what our second or third game of the season and I, I i took i took uh i was there with a a couple of local mates who you aren't watford fans for the record or palace fans and just saying that we've got these two center halves and anderson that that night was pinging those balls and it's like Jesus Christ he's so good and it was kind of he sort of felt like the the standout of the two, not saying Gay he was was bad at all, but Anderson seemed to be the one that was like, oh, he's going to be our new sort of talisman at the back. But as the season's developed, you you know you, you watch Gay a bit more. He's a he's a bit more subtle with with what he does and how he does it, and he's and he's not always looking to hit that ball. But I mean, there's times yesterday where, again, you've alluded to it already. You know, you know what you're getting from a Hodgson side. They were they were really really backing off, and you know Gay's got the ball ten yards outside our own area and there's another like twenty yards in front of him that he you know if he wanted to he could just bomb into sort of Mama Mamadusako style and you're sort of thinking he's 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 got that in him and you know we it's such a rare quality for a for a centre half especially when he's also so good defensively. I think he's I mean I think we'll struggle to hold on to him beyond a, another season or two. I mean, I think his quality and he's and he's a he's definitely a shout for England as well. And to see him with the captain's armband, like it it's yeah, I'm i like I say, I'm I'm starting to go a bit sort of doughy eyed around Mark Gay. He's <laughs> his, his, his quality. yeah. quality. But I yeah, going really into really half well. time No, going into half time, I think we I think we deserved the lead. The 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 Connor goal was amazing and they didn't they didn't look great and we know I mean that's the other thing, and again, it sounds like it sounds like putting the boot on Roy. You you know that Watford aren't going to come out, and all of a sudden he's making two changes, and the systems changed, and now and we don't really know what we're up against anymore. I mean he did make a sub at fifty five minutes, which I know a lot of people were surprised by, um, but yeah, I don't think we um I don't think we were ever really in any danger apart from like I say a couple of chances that they missed, but. Just more of the same in the second half, and it, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that um, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have been behind the goal for a couple of those wolf those wolf oh. wolf goals. I mean, he was he just grew into it. F- first half, I I could definitely hear some a little bit of shall we say wolf moaning and groaning from people a few rows behind. But yeah. you know, he, he, he was he wasn't bad. He's just he's not he wasn't ten out of ten like we expect him to be most weeks. But se- second half, particularly, I mean again he, he he's, it's almost like he was trying to sort of show Elise up with some of the touches and the the flicks and the back heels that he was doing i mean there was one one out on the left wing and i think he sort of dragged you know dragged it back behind his heel and it, i mean it looked like he nutmegged the play but he didn't but he sort of just laid the ball five yards inside and you know you see a lot of people questioning why Wilf doesn't why Wilf doesn't or can't beat a man anymore just by sheer trickery and pace and going round him it's like he actually doesn't need to anymore you know yeah. he's, he's 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 got it within him to not have to just get his head down and go around people. He's got that control and the the strength and the way he uses his body to hold people off to just to just find another way to get around and 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 sort of spring an attack. Um, yeah, I thought he was he was well worthy of his two goals yesterday.
3: Yeah, same. Uh, and I think yeah, like you say, we came out in the second half and it was it was sort of more. We just carried on where we left off. I think we looked very very comfortable in the, at the back um, I thought the midfield three were very very good it was quite funny to hear how many Watford fans were booing Hughes um, who I thought had a very good game and clearly enjoyed having a good game when he was getting booed by the Watford fans um, yeah. there was a there was a challenge I think it was in the first half but uh, Saar had the ball sort of near us on the side and yes. Hughes put in a sliding very hard fair completely fair a very hard tackle, and sort of punted the ball off from about two yards, but also got a fair bit of sar Who got up and definitely had words with him, and Hughes just sort of jogged off smiling. Um And I think <laughs> he, he's a sort of player. You know, we said it before where we need a bit. You know, like Kabai was a bit of a bit of an arsehole sometimes in the middle, ratty, annoying, sort of little shit. And I think he he. I think he knows that that's that's what he can do and he enjoys it. And he he definitely had a very good game. And when you can bring on, you know, James McArthur as a sub, you know that the squad is is doing all right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, even though, you know, moving on to Wilf again, even though those two goals were late on, it just felt like we were comfortably the better team. Um, and and even, this is even me saying it, it felt like another goal was, was coming just because we looked incisive when we got the ball going forward. And I think Wilf's first goal, when I see the replay of it, it's better than I initially thought. Um, I think IU did a, a really good bit of play. I know people didn't want Elise to go for IU, but I think IU is a very good play to have in your locker to bring on either to sort of see a win out and control possession um, or to to harry back and, and help out the defence. But, you know, he, he put in a perfect cross. Wilf obviously called it because you can see Mateta sort of start to go for the ball and then stop. And Wilf just goes from, you know, naught to 100. He, he takes a quick touch on his left foot and smashes it in. A um, bit, and he, bit, bit similar the to the...
2: Yeah, a bit a bit a bit similar to sort of Conor Gallagher. I mean, Conor Gallagher plucks it out of the air and 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 shifts that, you know, shifts his weight and shifts the ball and and loses the defender, but sort of looking at it again today, obviously it was down the far end from where we were, so I can't say I saw it in all its glory last night, but it's kind of a similar sort of touch, you know, he sort of yeah. just just manages to shift it, lose a defender and 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 does it, and hits it low and hard and and, and does old does old GoPro at the near post, <laughs> and he—I mean, he clearly, he clearly
3: loved it. He was—he wasn't getting as much abuse as we normally hear, but there was definitely some of their fans giving him some, giving him some shit. So obviously enjoyed him running off to their fans and giving it the cup tears. And <laughs> he was then saving the, the best to last. I mean, you know, I think it came from a one of their set pieces, maybe, and and Jimmy took a wonderful touch to sort of sell their guy. And and bring the ball forward, hit a, a you know brilliant ball in space, and then Wilf basically does a carbon copy of his Norwich goal, where he cuts inside. He's only got one thing on his mind, and it's just inch perfect, sort of into yeah, the lovely. side netting. And that I mean, from from where we were, obviously, as you say, up the other end. As soon as you hit it, you knew that was going in. Like you could just see that going <laughs> in, and and the the amount. I think what. What was quite funny was when he scored our third. The amount of Watford fans who left was unbelievable. Like the amount, the sheer amount of people who left was unbelievable, and it was so, so much so that people were still trying queuing to get out when Will scored the fourth, which I thought was quite funny.
2: Um, (laughs) I've not had had a good, I've not had a good, I've not had a good cheerio, cheerio, cheerio sing song for quite a while. I mean, a classic. you go to, you go to way more games than i do even, even at home and yeah i can't i can't remember the last time there was a, a resounding cheerio I mean, cheerio
3: even you know we we rinsed brighton a bit for doing it but like the amount of people who got up at that third, as soon as that third goal went in was unbelievable um but i think as well with the goals of wilf i think his overall play was so good you know He took people on when he needed to. He passed when he needed to. I think his tracking back was very good as well. You know, I think a lot of the time he sort of, he does track back, but gets caught up and fouls, gives away a silly foul, um, which obviously we don't want when we can't defend 10 pieces. But he didn't really do that yesterday. And and Vieira then came out afterwards and said that was the best game that Wilford played, uh, you know, during his tenure. Which doesn't surprise me at all. And, For all of the Wilfs, not as good as he was and we should get rid of him, Brigade. He's, I think he's got a goal, I think eight goals in 21 games or something and he's joint top scorer with Gallagher. So he's not doing too bad. I mean, I wouldn't mind having someone who's not very good doing that on a consistent basis as he does.
2: Yeah, Um, I mean, there was a a tweet. I think I saw a tweet today that said he's now scored as many this season as uh, Bowen, Antonio... You know, and they're, and they're all players that, are, you know, I think the tweet was along the lines of all, all these other players are, are being described as being in the, you know, the form of their life and unplayable. Yeah. But the narrative around Zaha is is that he's not having a great season. And it's like, well, yeah, but he's got, you know, he, he's on, he's on, on well on form to it, double figures, um, which is not something many Palace players do season on season. <laughs> no. Especially without penalties. And uh, yeah, like his, his, game, his game's changed. But it's it's you know he's, he's just finding ways to be effective differently, um, and I mean any any detractors I mean j- only need to watch that game yesterday. I mean it's mad that it's, it's mad that we're even talking about there being Zaha detractors. I mean yeah, he's the king.
3: He is, and and Terence um, has again dropped us a, a nice little stat um, to read out. He, he said since fourteen fifteen. Wolf has 81 goals and assists in the Premier League and is in the top 15 of all forwards. And, like you say, when you consider a lot of that time, you know, if he's playing under managers who are primarily defensively minded, not really creating very much, certainly in the last couple of years, we've been creating bugger all, you know, we'd have like one shot in a game. For him to be in the, the top 15 of all forwards and be on over 80 goals and assists especially when he's played most of that time on the wing as well, isn't he? You know, it's unbelievable. And he, he, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've said this so many times, he's the best player I've ever seen play for Palace. I can't imagine anyone's going to have as much of a impression, lasting impression for as long as he's been there, you know, in a very, very long time. So, um, I'm good to see, I'm, I'm happy to see him show people what he can do still. And he got voted man of the match and I, I can't see any complaints of that. He he got my vote. What what did you think?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it before he scored the, the second goal when it was like, Yeah, Will's definitely a contender, a Lise you know, contender, but obviously didn't didn't see most of the game out, you know, which isn't his fault. <coughs> uh he I thought was fantastic. I mean, yeah, no nobody really had a bad game. I mean, even Klein sort of grew into the game after looking a bit rusty at the beginning. But yeah, it's it's zaha, isn't it? You scored you scored two goals like that, even if even if that's all you do, you're probably a shoe in for man at a match.
3: And we've got no real turnaround time uh for the next game, which is Saturday's game at home to Burnley, who after looking perilous for most of the season are now sort of making the most of their seventeen games in hand or whatever it is, um <laughs> and have followed up their win away to Brighton with a, a home win against Tottenham and and started an Antonio Conte meltdown by all accounts after the game.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely.
3: So, yeah, I mean, I think th- these are the sort of games that we look to and we say, yeah, we've got to win. You know, we we said it for the Norwich and, and Brentford sort of doubleheader and we've said it for Watford-Burnley. Um, but Burnley are in good form. They've, they've apparently only conceded two goals in their last six games. Uh, they've had draws with Man U and Arsenal, and they they only lost one 0 to Liverpool. So they're not they're by no means in bad form, um, and it's not going to be as easy as potentially we thought it would be a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah, completely. But before we get too deep into the Burnley get the Burnley preview, which I know is the the title of this this podcast, I just want to you know just want to just take a moment to reflect on the fact that you know spring spring has sprung. And our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. How does he do this? Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code BOTN to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com.
1: Ready to pop the question?
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Wonderfully done.
3: And I Do you think if... Sean
2: Dyer's Shoes is one of these on his head? I
3: was just about to say Maybe he should use his manscaped on that fucking ginger goatee that he's had for the last fifteen <laughs> years. He can use our oh, code. Dear. We don't. We don't mind that. Um, yeah, we use our code, and we'll take the three points, and we'll call it quits. I think that's fair.
2: There you go. There, you go. there we go. Sure. And then, and you know, if he did shave it off, he definitely would be Sean. Um But we'll move on from that. Uh, yeah. So swiftly followed up with Burnley, like you say, they're sort of they found a bit of. I mean, they've they've got they've had plenty of opportunities to win games because they've got they're just playing every fucking 5 minutes <laughs> yeah. uh, bless them. um just 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 very quickly whilst talking about managers did you have any sort of pang of guilt or sympathy for roy yesterday how, I didn't how, know how did how did it, how did that feel you didn't um, no i mean well
3: someone someone t- one of my mates who wasn't at the game texted and said you know was was there booing or clapping or cheering for roy and honestly, I didn't even really notice him come out at the beginning of the game, which is sort of tells a story in itself. Um, but there was a good rousing uh, few few verses of Hodgson as a Palace fan uh, towards the end of the game, which was quite funny.
2: Um, yeah, there, there was also just before that, there was also not many people, but I think there was a bit of an attempt to try and make uh, Hodgson Hodgson make a sub. Which, you know and from the Palace fans, I might add. Yeah. Uh which which erred erred on the on the sort of tiptoed in the in the realms of disrespect, which kind of hurt me a little bit. But yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird seeing him on the on the sidelines and you know, I mean when they sell it when Tissoko scored that goal, Blimey, it was fucking scenes on the Watford bench. Roy nearly went over.
3: <laughs> Limbs
2: from the Hodge, from
3: from Hodgson and Lewinson. Yeah, he um, got. Ban- I yeah.
2: mean, luckily, the hospital was just next door to the ground, so he'd have been all right. You know, had something happened, but um, yeah, it was it was weird. It was weird seeing Roy in the opposite dugout. It was. But, I um, think
3: I think us winning quite convincingly and playing really nice football sort of allayed any fears that I had that we you know had made a mistake. I mean, I I didn't really think we'd made a mistake anyway. We've talked about that so many times on this pod that it was time for him to to go and say thanks for everything and see you later. Um, I don't think any of us thought he'd be lining up in the Watford dugout the next season. Um, But no, Mm. I think I'm happy with the direction we're taking as a club. I'm happy that he's
2: taken Watford in the completely opposite direction and hopefully continues into the Championship. Rumours that he tried to walk onto one of the Palace fan coaches to get a lift back to Croydon, but they remain unconfirmed. Um, uh, so, just going back to Burnley, obviously we've we've smashed Watford away from home 4-1, you know, prime relegation candidate. What did you want to see happen against another relegation candidate a mere three days later? Are you ringing the changes? What do you think is going to happen?
3: Well, before I answer that, I will just tell you that as we're recording um Max Meyer's Danish team who I think are called Michelond are in a penalty shootout with potentially power from Greece but I can't see on the telly and Max Meyer just missed a penalty in the penalty shootout
2: but well, he wasn't given um, enough
3: time so <laughs> his his legs are stiff from sitting on the bench for the last he, he didn't have years. He didn't have
2: enough he wasn't given enough opportunities to score that penalty <laughs> Roy knew. Roy's
3: smiling over his Chianti in Mortford at the moment. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> with
3: well, with the Bony game, it's weird because I think, like you said, Edouard and Benteke haven't haven't played, and you sort of wonder whether they're being rested so they they rotate in um, up front. But I think Mateta Mateta looked pretty good yesterday. I think he had a pretty good performance. Up, if he's fit, I would imagine he'll stay in. Um, I don't I don't think he'll play Benteke just because I, I, I think Ben, me and Tarkovsky, whoever they play at centre-back at, are so used to dealing with that sort of striker in training because that's all Burnley have. But I think it makes more sense to have a bit of a mobile striker up front like a Mateta or an Edouard, um, which is, again, a bit unfair on Benteke because he was in decent form. But I think it's it's quite harsh to drop Mateta in the form he's in. And I think Edouard's more likely to get a start than Benteke. So that would be interesting. I suppose the other one is whether you bring Jimmy in to start. Um, because I think yeah, Edouard I'm... played so well against Watford, it's harsh to, to, to drop him. But then we've got so many games... Coming up, I mean, we've got the cup game not long after Burnley. That you've got to rotate a bit, otherwise we'll end up getting all the bloody injuries we've had over the last two years.
2: Oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hit you with a few, uh, a few quick fire questions. Okay, and this is, this is on the assumption that everyone's fit. Yep. Klein or Ward?
0: Oh,
3: geez, that's that's probably the toughest one you can ask because neither of them are in great form. I, I, oh, fuck. I suppose Klein, just because okay. he's sort of he's in the zone, even though his
2: zone's not very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hughes or MacArthur? I'd probably go MacArthur,
3: just because I think he's one of our best players, period. And. Yeah, he was a sub, wasn't he? The last game, so he's gonna his he, fitness yeah. levels will be all right.
2: Okay, Elise or are you
3: Elisa? I don't think Burnley be able to
2: handle Elisa. And uh, you've you've sort of already answered this one, uh, Edward. Slash Benteke or Mateta. Uh yeah, I go Mateta. I go Mateta. I think he. What's
3: good is whoever does play, we've got good options off the bench, which we're not particularly used to you know like if we bring Edouard or Hughes or MacArthur or someone like that off the bench your team is not getting worse so it's a nice position to have I
2: think it is and I feel bad that I can't even offer up a, a, a 50-50 short quick fire question that involves Eze I mean when Eze is not even getting a look in you know things must be going well
3: yeah and it I, I reckon Ebbs will probably start in the cup and I would want him to because I think he needs it. But it's so weird, isn't it, that last year Eze was like the 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 new hope and he was such an exciting player even though none of us were actually in the stand to see it. And now it's like, well, Wilf's amazing again. And now we've got Elise eh? and now we can purr about how good our centre-halves are and Connor Gallagher scoring all these goals. So Ebbs is, not through no fault of his own, is a bit of a forgotten man at the moment. So... It, it is a good position because it means obviously the team are doing well and we've got players in midfield that are that are, that are in good form. Um, but I think, yeah, I would imagine Ebbs and then whoever doesn't start out of Jimmy and Hughes will probably start in the cup game against Stoke.
2: Nice. And, and team news for Burnley, it looks like Cornet is likely to miss. I always want to say Cornet O, yeah, Cornet O. <laughs> That would that would be the headline if he scored anyway. Uh, and it says here that me scored on Wednesday against Spurs. I don't remember that. Uh, but and yeah, no, Ben me scored on Wednesday against Spurs. Terence has put here. Surely he can't score in consecutive games. So that means he's going to fucking score in consecutive yeah, games. Well Terence, cheers, Tell. Uh, cheers, Tell. So we we got your team preferences there, Heskiff. Mm. One thing, only only one thing left to do. And no, it's not here you sing uh, boom, 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 Mateta's in the room. I haven't got the jingle. Um, I, a, would, I would like to a, say, I, I,
3: <laughs> there was a good rendition of it yesterday in in, in the ground. And I put a was. poll up on Twitter of what makes Terence happier, Mateta scoring or me singing the Mateta song. Because when <laughs> Mateta scored and we all started singing it, Terry like thumped me in the arm and looked so... Like his eyes lit up like a kid at Christmas, and he was like, "Go on!" So I was singing it, and then he shouted, "You sound just like you do on the video!" And I was like, "Well, that's because <laughs> I'm the same
2: person. I'm the same uh, person."
3: He, uh, I, 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 I reckon Terence preferred me singing that song to Mateta actually scoring.
2: Yeah, I think he's listening to it right now. He that's is. why he's not here. He's just he's just, re- just reliving bo- the, the live experience. Yeah, that's and that's why the that's why his daughter's so upset. Um well hopefully we get a we get a seller a seller wide rendition of it. Maybe with some drum action from the HF if they've still got a drum. Do a better job than Harry the fucking helmet last <laughs> night, that's for sure. Um but l- listen, it only leaves come on it only leaves us your uh time for your prediction. Um I think it's very important that we don't
3: lose. Uh, they're in good form. I'm always negative. So I'll go one or, and I would probably worri- take that. Are you worried if we lose? Um, are you worried? I'm a, I'm a, I would be a lot less worried now that we've beaten Watford. Yeah. Um, but my thing with those games is always, and we got used to it under Roy of like, just not losing to teams below us. So I was always like, as long as we keep them down there. Yeah. then I'm sort of all right with it. Um, I think if we play like we do against Watford, we have a very good chance of winning. But they're such a different team to Watford, yeah. And I think they're they're, and then, on, they're they're sort of on the up, and Watford are definitely on the slide. Yeah,
2: they've they've, they've come off the back of turning Spurs over, who previously yeah. turned City over. So I'm sure they'll have their tails up. And like you say, there's a lot of varying amounts of games played below us. You know, we're we're on 26, which is one of the you know there's nobody who's played more games, but then you know, you go down to Burnley and they've only played twenty twenty-three, so they beat us and win the other two games, then they're level on points of us. But again, you know, you look at Watford and Norwich, they've played twenty five games each. That's only one game less than us and and they're well adrift. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it'd be the end of the world if we lose to Burnley. I mean not gonna say I'm not I'm certainly not up for it, but um yeah, I think, you know, anyone anyone that's got mild worries of us being dragged into it, I'd probably can start to re- relax a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to think. Certainly, if we don't lose on Saturday, which I don't think we will, I think we'll edge past them two one. Um, and that'd be good times because that what what will that do? That'll put that'll push push us a bit closer to Brighton, won't it? Would we'll only be,
1: I think, only be oh, a no, point behind asking. Brighton. Okay. Yeah, well, there
2: you go. But. um, but no, I think it, I think yesterday's yesterday was a. Um, I mean, it's not the word. I am not going to use the word turning point. I don't think we needed a turning point. It was just a, a, a step in the right direction, you know. Turning these, you know, these draws that should have been wins. I mean, the Chelsea game, I thought we were, you know, unlucky to come away on the on the, you know, with no points there. And yeah, we've gone away and we've put in a solid, convincing performance. I think we should all be a little bit excited about Saturday. I know I am because I've not been to Selhurst for a few weeks. Two games in a week, yes, yes What's going on? I know, unbelievable. I might even see you on Saturday. That will blow my. You might, mind. yeah, absolutely. Um, but listen, I think that is any any other business, Heskey, if you've got anything you want to say to the masses, or sing, or anything like that.
3: No, I think I'm all sung out after yesterday. Um,
2: you need you need you need to rest your rest your vocal cords for Saturday. Obviously, like the, Celine the, Dion.
3: You want me to sing Celine Dion? Or you want me to? No, rest no, so you're like voice, Celine. You're, okay, you're, yeah, fine, you need right. to
2: rest like Celine Dion. I mean, feel free to if you do want to do a little bit of. I My mean, heart will ev- go on, yeah.
3: every time I look in the mirror, I do think you've got a little bit of Celine on there. So you're not <laughs> the first person to say that. Um, no, I guess the, the only thing to say is I'm sure there'll be a match report uh, coming over the weekend with whatever incredible combination gets put together. Definitely not at the last minute when everyone else pulls out. Um, the cup it might be me Tuesday. and you again. It might be me and you. What a dream. Yeah, um, The Cup game's on Tuesday, so I assume we will be back to preview the Wolves game and probably review the Stoke game as well, because we seem to be doing it all
2: these days. And talk about who we're getting in the next round, or who we got in the next round.
3: Sure. I'm not yeah, getting involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you'll have to. We have no choice because we're going into the next round. Anyway, listen, thank you very much for listening. Sorry Terence isn't here. We know he's your favourite. Uh, he's our favourite too, I guess. Um, but it sounds like he's not his daughter's favourite tonight because uh, it sounds like he's in the bad books because he's holding her and she's in tears, which, you know... <laughs> not the first time someone said not that Not the that first time. time. Anyway, listen, uh, this will be... This will be dropping hope, well no, doesn't matter when it drops because you're gonna be hearing it. But yeah, there'll be a review show on the weekend. I'm sure Dee's gonna be doing some stuff on YouTube. Uh, check us it all out on Twitter and listen, feel free to tweet us at any abuse you want us to button to Terence. Um, no Watford-based abuse at me, please, this week, because I've had enough of that. Anyway, all the best. Heskiff, it's been a joy. As always, up same the- with you, mate. And I think Terrence, I think I'm obliged to say, up the palace.
1: Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport
1: Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.